0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I wanna thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church Podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I wanna welcome everybody who's joining us today online. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity to stop by. And if you're ever in the area or you live within driving distance, we would love for you to join us one Sunday morning at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. But can you put your hands together and just welcome them? We are in a series right now on the book of James, and I hope you've been taking your personal time to read through it. And today we're gonna dive into James, the fourth chapter. And there are some verses that uh, every time I read This particular section of Scripture, it just hits me between the eyes. How many of you have ever found like there's a certain Scripture that when you read it, it just hits you? It just kind of brings you back to reality. It puts you in check, if you will. This is one of those for me. James, the fourth chapter, verse 13. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring how many of you have found that to be true you don't know what tomorrow will bring now james is not coming against making plans and having a vision for your life the bible teaches us that we should have plans that we should have a vision for our life but he's wanting us to keep it in perspective don't get so haughty that you make plans that don't include god don't, get so, don't rise up and think that you're in charge of it all because the truth is you don't know what tomorrow holds. And so it's important that you know who holds what? Tomorrow. So he says, come now, today or tomorrow, we will go into town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? What is it? And James says, for you are a mist, that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He's piggybacking off of what many writers of scripture would say similar where they would say, all flesh is like the grass of the field or the flowers and all grass withers, all flowers fade, meaning eventually there will come an end to your flesh. And so he's comparing our life here on this earth to a vapor or to a miss it's here for a moment and then it's gone that 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 hits me every time i think about it that part hits me and i start thinking about how fast life goes how many of you would agree like life goes i mean we are already in the middle of february 2021 easter's going to be here before you know it then summer and guess what we'll be celebrating christmas I feel like as a pastor, we get stuck in between living from Christmas to Easter and then Easter to Christmas, and they're always, it's like nonstop happening, and then you're doing your, it's crazy how fast life happens. I was looking at some videos the other day of, of me back when I was younger, and I was in a band, and we were having a good time, and it was a time of our life, and we were able to enjoy so many great things, and then the other day when I was thinking about the scripture, I thought about a time when I was a children's pastor back in the 1900s. And we developed this children's ministry where it was kind of like a Wild West setting and it was called the town of Tumbleweed. And everyone in that town, uh, we were all characters. And so of course I was the one who came up with it. So I was the marshal. I was called Marshall Tucker. And then Randy was there, Randy who leads worship. He was a character called Pickle. And uh, Scott over there, who's running our media, Scott was pappy. And we, we just had all kinds of characters. It was a lot of fun. And I remember in my young age, I was probably 19, 20. I could have even been 18. I remember sitting backstage by myself. I'm in full Marshall Tucker gear. And I'm sitting there thinking about how much fun this is and how much I enjoy it. And this thought came to me, you better enjoy it while it lasts. Because this moment will not last forever. Think about that. The moment you are in right now will not last forever. We have a future. We have a a past. But our present is here and gone. As a matter of fact, what I just said is now in our past is no longer in our present. And now that's in our past. I mean, that's how fast it happens. And you blink your eyes and your kids who were once babies that you're holding are now grown people having babies of their own. Think about that. Life happens fast, and when I think about how fast life happens, and when I think about our life being like a mist, I really want my mist to matter. I really want my mist to make a difference. I don't wanna spend life running aimlessly. I wanna run with purpose, and I want to finish strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I wanna run with purpose, And I want to finish strong because I realize that every day I live, I am one day closer to eternity. That's exciting. And that's sobering. To realize every every moment, every second that you live, every day, you're one day closer to seeing Jesus face to face. But while I'm here, while my mist remains, I want it. To matter. Turn the person next to you and say, I really want my mist, really want my mist to matter. matter. Put that in the chat. I want my mist want my to matter. matter. Um, there's a guy in my wife's family. Any opportunity he has to give a speech, he always takes it. Anybody got like that in their family? Like, if it's a graduation, this guy's going to stand up and give a speech. If it's a wedding, this guy's going to give up and give a speech. If it's a funeral, this guy's going to stand up and give a speech. And what's funny is he gives the same speech every time and i don't know if he thinks like we don't remember it and i remember the first time i ever heard it was at my brother-in-law's graduation party and it was a powerful speech he talks about the dash anybody heard that you know on your tombstone you've got the day you're born and then you got the day you die but all that matters is that dash in between i remember the first time i heard it i was like man that's a powerful thought and then by the sixth time i heard it i started laughing because i knew he was gonna do the dash and then i'm at a funeral one day and here he comes walking up and i turned to my sister-in-law and said He's going to tell us about the dash. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it really is true. When you die, there will there, there, be the day and the date that you were born. And then there's the day and the date that you die. And the only thing that really matters is that dash, that missed. What did you do with your life? And the question I want to present today is what does it look like to have a mist that matters? What does it look like to have a life that counts for something? I mean, is it getting a great education and being at the top of your class? Is it excelling at sports? Is it getting a great job? Is it getting married, raising a family? Is it making a lot of money? Is it success? And then we gotta ask ourselves, what is success? All these things that we chase after, is is, is it any of these things that really make life matter? And, And Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the second chapter, weighs in on this. Ecclesiastes two, verse one, he said, I said in my heart, now this is the king of Israel. He says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself, but behold, this was also vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still being guided with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life, during their midst. Like, what can I do to really bring some substance to my life? So verse four, he's going to give us his resume. He said, I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards for myself and made for myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks more than any, who had ever been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me and whatever my eyes desired. I did not keep from them. Think about that. Whatever you desire, you can have. That's Solomon. He says, whatever whatever I looked at and wanted, I had it. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered. Now, after all these things that I've accomplished, I considered. All that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So everything that we think will bring fulfillment to our life, everything that we think will make our mist matter, Solomon took a hold of. And he said, I realize it's like chasing the wind. You're, you're grasping, you're extending a lot, expending a lot of energy, but when you open your hands, they're empty. I mean, think about that. How many times have you in your life gone after something thinking, hey, that's going to make me happier, that's going to fulfill me. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's going on a shopping excursion. Maybe it's buying a new car. Maybe it's buying a new boat. Nothing wrong with all those things. But we think, hey, that's going to fulfill me. That's going to make me feel like I'm really alive. And Solomon is saying it is like chasing the wind. Because eventually, I don't know if you know this, but the new wears off. Ricky, you and Russell are building a a new room on his home and that's gonna be exciting and it's gonna be fun for him for a while. But the new of that room is gonna wear off, I promise you that. It always does. The new wears off. And what happens is now we're in a vicious cycle of chasing and grasping, just trying to take hold of something that will make us feel like life matters or that we actually have a reason for our existence. But at the end of the day, we're still left empty handed. Some of us have such a desire to grasp hold of things that we'll even do that at the expense of people who really do matter. We desire, and so our desire drives us to lie. Our desire drives us to cheat. Our desire drives us to steal. Our desire drives us to slander others so that we can lift ourselves up, but it is a chasing. Of the wind, Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's important for you to get this. All these things that we go after in life is just chasing after the wind. And, and this message, I, I want you to hear my heart. This message is not against working hard and having stuff. This message is not that. I know we can go through this and you can think, okay, well, God's saying, hey, don't, don't have stuff that's not what he's saying it's about keeping things in proper perspective what really matters what is really going to fulfill my purpose my plan and my destiny and see Jesus says seek first the kingdom of God that's his way of doing things he says Benny he said if you'll seek first the kingdom of God if you'll make that your pursuit in life then everything that else that you have need of can be added into your life so what happens is a lot of times we get out of balance Instead of pursuing our purpose, we pursue pleasure. We pursue the stuff. We pursue the blessing instead of the blesser. But if we can get things in a proper perspective and start pursuing our purpose, which is rooted within the kingdom of God, then he says everything that you need is going to be taken care of. It's going to be added unto you. As a matter of fact, the blessings and desires of your heart will chase you down and overtake you. But if you get it backwards and you pursue pleasure and not purpose, you're always going to feel empty. Am I preaching to anybody today or am I just talking to myself? Because I know. I know what it's like to go after stuff. I know what it's like to think if I could just have this, I'll feel better. If we can just go there on this vacation, I'll feel better. But Denise, I've learned that the vacations end. I've learned that, you know, some of you, you're you're single in here and all you want is, I just want somebody in my life. I just want somebody in my life. I just want somebody in my life. And that's a great desire. That is a great desire, but if you think that that person is going to fulfill you, you are sadly mistaken. Because the new will wear off. And so you've got to make sure that your priorities are in place. Because if my priorities are in place, and you hear this for those of you who are listening and watching at home, if my priorities are in right place, then all the other stuff becomes a benefit to me. Does that make sense to you? It's like baking a cake. The most important thing you can do is make sure that your mixture is right and make sure that you are cooking it properly. Don't worry about the icing. The icing is the icing, it's just what decorates the cake. The substance, what really matters is that cake. So what really matters is your life and your purpose and your destiny. Who is it that God has called you to be? Why are you really here? And if you can get the cake right, then the icing just adds to it. But if the cake's terrible, it doesn't matter how fancy you make that cake look. Anybody ever had a cake that looked great, tasted terrible? I've told you all about my grandfather eating the apple pie that the lady made him. If I told you all that story before? He loved apple pie and went to take a bite. It looked amazing. But when he, when he tasted it, he was disgusted because instead of using sugar, she accidentally used salt. So it doesn't matter what it looks like. And really, see, the enemy, the enemy will try to get us to divert our attention based upon what something looks like. And he'll toy with us and he'll say, Benny, if you can get this, you'll feel good. Bill, if you can accomplish this, you'll feel better. If you'll leave this relationship and enter this relationship, you'll feel better. And there is a temporary satisfaction to it all. And we talked about it last week, but the end result is a bitterness in your belly and a chasing after the wind, and your hands are empty. Solomon, what he's trying to say to us is none of it really mattered. As I get older in life, he's saying, as I as I get older in life and I look at everything that I've accomplished and everything I've done, it really means nothing. And if you read the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, you know what the end of the matter is? Fear God and keep his commandments. You want to know what a life that matters? A life that matters is having a relationship with God and doing what he's asked you to do. You want to find success in life? See, we think that success is this kind of accomplishment or making this kind of money. But true success in the eyes of God is, what did you do with what I placed in your hand? If you've been faithful with what God has placed in your hand, that's success, and then God says, okay, I can bless it, I can trust you with it, and I can increase it. Are you following me? So I want to go to Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 13. I'm going to read all the way through this passage, and then we're going to go back and and talk about it and really discover what does it look like to have a life that matters? What does it really look like? What does it really look like for the day that you step into eternity to say, you know what? I did what I was here to do. You know you're here for a purpose. Did you know that? There's no person in here that's an accident. And every person in here really does matter. You're loved by God. You're chosen by God. And you are placed here for a time, for a specific reason, to bring about the will of God here on earth. So watch this. Luke 12, starting in 13 jesus is out teaching and the bible says someone in the crowd said to him i love this just interrupt you know he's probably teaching something very important and they just stand up interrupt him and say teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me but he said to him man when you read the bible you've got to add your own you know man man who made me a judge or arbitrator of you i don't know why jesus is so country but this is dallas georgia so we'll roll with it and he said to them take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I'll do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So let's break this down. First thing we see is the land of the rich man produced plentifully. Is there a problem there? No problem. God has zero problem with you being successful. God has zero problem with you using the gifts, the skills, and the talents that he has placed in your life to produce and bring increase. Zero problem with it. The issue comes with the motive. Somebody say the motive. So watch this. The lamb produces plentifully, no problem there. But then the Bible says, he thought to himself, what shall I? Notice all the eyes here. What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, you have ample goods, Laid up for many years, now you can relax, eat, drink, and be merry. So everything he pursued here was for selfish gain. It's all about what can I get? What can I store up? What can I have? And God says, you're a fool. Because now your mist is coming to an end and everything that you've worked for and everything that you have is not going with you. So a mist that matters does not operate within selfish ambition. A mist that matters, works hard, produces and brings increase, but it is never to hoard for yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? A mist that matters, when they gain increase, when they are blessed by God, they understand that He is, they understand He is the source of the blessing. And when it comes into my hand, I go, what can I do for the kingdom? What can I do for others? How can I make a difference for the generations that are coming up after me? It's not just about me building more and more and more so that I can just sit back, relax, and do nothing and take care of myself until my mist is gone. It's about saying, I understand I'm only here for a moment. I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna be diligent, I'm gonna use every gift, every talent, every resource that God has placed in my hands. I'm gonna be fruitful. I'm gonna multiply. I'm going to bring increase, but it's not just for me to sit on. It's all about your motive. Why are you going after what you are going after? because many times you're chasing after the stuff and it's chasing after the wind and there is no pleasure. But God says, if you'll do it my way, if you'll do it the kingdom way to where you understand that you are just a conduit for the blessing, then not only when that comes into you will it benefit your life, but I'll use it to benefit others. And the more open-handed you live, the more God will pour into you. Are you here? what I'm saying? God is looking for a people that say, I am a vessel, use me. I am willing to, to say anything that you place in my hands, God, I'll use it for your benefit, for your kingdom, for the benefit of others, or for the future generations that are coming up after me. And he says, I will withhold no good thing from you. Does that make sense? See, it's backwards to our way of thinking in the natural. Our way of thinking in the natural is I've got to get, 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 so I can have. The kingdom of God says give and you shall receive. You see that? It's completely different. So a myth that matters is not just looking about their own selfish ambition and desire. They're always thinking, what can I do to be a blessing to the kingdom or to others or to the future generations? See, I should desire for my family to be taken care of. I should desire to leave them something that they can build upon. But I should also desire to expand his kingdom. So he says, your soul is required. Your soul is required. Here's the second thing you need to know if you're going to have a miss that matters. A mist that matters lives with eternity in their heart and in their mind. He says, you talk about doing this and tomorrow you'll do that, you'll go spend a year there, but you don't even know what tomorrow holds. See, your mist, you don't know at what point in time your mist ends. We have zero control over that. I've been in church services like this where people sitting in the congregation get up, that day get in the car, they're in an accident, their mist is gone. I've seen it happen time and time again in my life, in the ministry, in my father's ministry. You have no control over your mist. You don't know how long it's going to be here for. And we really need to live with eternity in our mind, in our heart. Because although your flesh will snuff out, your spirit will live forever somewhere. You hear that? You will live forever, somewhere. And what you believe in this life will determine where you'll spend eternity. I think most of us understand that. There's no way to get to heaven in the presence of God unless we come through the door, which is Jesus Christ. We know that. And in churches all over the world, we talk about that and we emphasize that point and that's very important because Jesus is the way, the truth of life. There is no way to the Father except through and by him. You get that? That's important. But what we fail to realize is what we believe will determine where we spend eternity, but what we do here right now will determine how we spend our eternity. See, heaven is not the place that when you check in, they just give you your harp and say, find a cloud. Many of us, that's our picture of heaven. But in heaven, there are responsibilities and there are positions. And your position in heaven will be determined by what you accomplish for the kingdom right here and right now. That's why Jesus talks about the importance of not just laying up treasures here on earth where moth, uh, moths and rust destroy. He says, but what? Lay up for yourself treasures where? Yeah. In heaven, which means there's gotta be a way to lay up what? Treasures. treasures. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have said it unless there was a way to do it. So how do we do it? By what we accomplish here for the kingdom of God. I believe when you take time and you're running media or you're taking time and you're running a switcher, to you it may seem insignificant. You may feel like nobody sees you, but God says, you know what, I see you. And there are people watching and listening right now because you're doing your job. There are people who will give their life to Jesus because you're doing your job. And God says, I've got some treasure for you. Many times we never see the children's workers who are downstairs with our kids on Sunday mornings, but God sees them preaching the gospel to those kids and he says, you know what? I've got some treasure for you. Benny, a lot of times people may never see you go into the hospital and minister to people who are sick. They may not see it. They may not know about it. We may not praise it. We may not celebrate it. I may never give you a certificate that says, congratulations, Benny. Thanks for visiting the sick. But God sees it. He says, you're laying up for yourself treasure in heaven. Watch this, Revelation 22, verse 12. Jesus says, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. That word recompense sounds very harsh, doesn't it? But actually can mean reward or punishment. So Jesus says, I'm coming, and I'm bringing my reward and punishment according to what you've done. So for the believer, he comes to reward us for what we have accomplished for his kingdom while we're here on earth. But for the non-believer, for the person who has not put their trust in him, he comes to punish them for their sins. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So for the believer, we're not judged. When we stand before God in judgment for the believer, the person that's put their hope in Jesus Christ, we're not judged according to our sins because he's already dealt with that. We're judged according to our works. What did you do with the life that I gave you? What did you do with the talent I gave you? Think about the the parable of the talents that Jesus talks about. He says, I gave to one this many, I gave to one this many, I gave to one one, according to their ability. So God, before he forms you, he knows what he's created you to do. And he says, I've given you this ability, so I'm entrusting you with 10. For you, I've given you this ability, so I'm entrusting you with five. Tommy, I'm only gonna give you one. And so he goes a way. he comes back. The one who has 10 multiplies it, has 10 more. Jesus says, well done, good job. You were fruitful and productive with what I gave you. The one that had five, well done. He doesn't say, well, you should have made, you should have done more than double it. You know, Lisa turned 10 to 20 and you took five and only turned it into, no, no, no. He says, I understand, I gave you five. That's your ability. That's what I called you here to do. And you turned it into five more. Well done. Good and faithful servant, I like you. And then he goes to Tommy. Tommy says, man, I I know you're a hard man. I took it and I buried it. And Jesus says, hey, shouldn't have done that. You should not have taken what I gave you and buried it. You should have at least exchanged it so that it could have gotten some interest. See, Jesus is interested in the interest on his investment. Please get that in your mind god formed the heavens and the earth for a reason and he put mankind on this planet for a reason every person in this place was born for a reason and for a purpose and your life really does matter you really do matter you really are important and God has given you every gift and talent and ability that you need to accomplish what he has called you to do and he partners with you in this endeavor but we've got to take it and we've got to bring it and we've got to invest it so a wise man or a wise woman or a myth that matters is a person who lives with eternity on their mind the rich fool lived like in a bubble. All he saw was himself. All he saw was his life. And he said, you know what? I've got plenty. Now I'm, gonna, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to be merry. Spend the rest of my days in Panama City, feet in the sand. Let other people work. I've got enough for me. And God says, you're foolish because now you're wanting to relax. We've got to understand a a, a miss that matters never gets comfortable. A miss that matters never gets comfortable. You may retire from your job, but you never retire from the kingdom of God. There's always something to do, there's always something to accomplish. There's always more for you to do. There's always more investing that you can make. That's why, you know, when we're when we're building buildings right now. I'm doing it because I'm wanting to make room for more but it would be easy for me to get comfortable saying you know what I like pastoring the church that we have now because I do I feel just like what John said I love I love coming in here we're intimate we, we know each other but if I get comfortable there I'll cut off my purpose in life it's not about your comfort it's not about what feels good to you it's not about what meets just your needs it's about God why are we here and we are here to be a city set on a hill a light to our world so that people from all over the place the north the south the east the west red yellow black white can all come together and worship God from every tribe from every nation under the earth that's what we're building and because we are working together God says you know what you're living a mist that matters Are are you following this Never get comfortable where you are. Never get comfortable where you are and say, well, I have enough for me. I need more. And more is just relative. More is relative based upon what you're going to accomplish for the kingdom. For some in here, you'd say, well, $10,000 is enough. It's because you've got a vision that works within that realm. There's something you want to accomplish that once that ten thousand is spent you've got it others in here would say a hundred thousand dollars is enough but see like the way i try to operate is it's it's never enough because no matter what comes in it's going to be going towards the kingdom does that make sense it's always going to be used to expand the kingdom well how, how big is going to be big enough pastor never big enough never big enough because as long as i'm living there's someone else who needs to hear about Jesus. So it's never enough. And it's not about building buildings. It's not about just having thousands of people who come in. It's not about that. It's about knowing that we are using our mist in a way that matters. We're using our time, our talent, our energy, our resources, and our finances for something that really matters, working together to expand and advance the kingdom of God. And along the way, we need to enjoy the journey. We need to enjoy these moments where we get to know each other because it's always shifting, it's always changing. I remember meeting in Kennesaw in our first facility and I remember being there on a Wednesday night. There's probably three or four of us there praying. And I remember walking up on stage and I remember thinking, I need to enjoy this part of the journey because it won't always be this way. You need to enjoy this part of the journey. Wherever you're at in life, whether it's parenting or grandparenting, don't get frustrated with the process. Enjoy this part of the journey because it won't last forever. But make sure that everything that you are doing is investing into making a mist that matters investing into your kids, investing into your grandkids, investing into the kingdom of God, investing into your coworkers, whatever it is, make it your aim to know that I'm here for a reason and I wanna live for that purpose. For everyone who's watching online or listening by podcast, I wanna pray for you first. And we pray that God today would open up the eyes of your heart, that you would see like you've never seen before, that you would understand that you have a life that matters and you are here for a reason. And God has a great purpose for you. And today is the day that you get busy living for him. Doing something for his kingdom. So Father, touch every person right now. Move in their heart and their life. God, for those who are sick in their body, we ask that you bring healing to them. For those who feel like there is no hope, God, you are our hope. So Lord, release your presence to them. Give them strength and peace and joy. In Jesus' name, amen.